Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. LPN Deep Dives presents... A Court of Thorns and Roses. With Natalie Jean and Jackie Zabrowski. We are um, unintentionally Christmas coded here. Yeah, I don't like it. We're too, it's like I already was screaming about, man, Going to the home goods this weekend, trying to get that last Halloween joy. Oh, Christmas. Oh, Christmas. They All get, the Halloween is gone already. The stores are getting fucking crazier and crazier. Sometimes you can't, like, Target takes all of the shit down, like, the week before. I'm like, wh- why? How are you supposed to get all, like, what if you, they need, like, a costume? Like, also, what if the kids need something? People would ravage the clearance bins of Halloween shit. It's so Where ridiculous. is it going? I don't understand. I are thought just, this was capitalism. I know. Are they just throwing it into landfills just to be like, fuck you, world? <laughs> I imagine while they're We're like, Target. They're just like slitting the throats of seals, just being like, we don't even care. We're not we even don't even need the seal skins. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's what they're doing. Yeah, fuck you. I don't know who runs Target or owns it or probably somebody. Yeah, I bet it's somebody rich. Mm. But I will say, yeah, we are Christmas coded and it's scaring me. Don't put this in my brain. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, but we're both wearing the same kind of sleeves accidentally. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are Renaissance fae. We are. (laughs) Very accurate to whatever made up time this is. Well, Lord knows. I mean, we only get glimpses into the fashion. We don't know what they're wearing all the time. True. And I would imagine it's just these little ragamuffin... Mini corsets. Yeah, I mean, I'm wearing an apron. Look, I got an apron now. No doctor shots, no more. Over Where did here. you get this apron? Not Amazon. You just had. Oh, oh okay. Amazon. I thought. I'm surprised you didn't wear one of the like the marijuana leaved uh, aprons that my mom made Henry for Christmas. I have one too from your mom, but it doesn't fit. Emery's vibe. No, it doesn't. It's a very it's a it's a dancer vibe and not like, you know, a shopkeeper's vibe. Also, I I don't know why in my head Emery's wearing an apron cuz there's no mention of that, but maybe she's all dirty. And you don't want to be dirty no more. I just assumed she was like, you know, scrabbling around and is a shop owner and didn't want to get her dress dirty. Don't you get covered in in fur? Yeah, and like uh, leather dust. Yeah, <laughs> leather dust. <laughs> 
I know what happens in these places. Oh, don't even get me started. Oh, shopkeeping. Oh. You should have seen. I was trying to poke a hole in a belt because I needed it to be tighter, but I was out of space on the thing. I needed a new hole. Oh, yeah, yeah. I and I was just like taking a pencil. And Jeff looked at me. He's like, Jackie, that's a leather belt. You think a pencil is going to go? He's like, you're not even using a scissor. And I was like, I don't know. It's just what I had. You got to stab it with a knife. Yeah, you have. Well, he has an actual like leather hole punch. Oh, wow. Of course he does. Like I literally like, why don't I just ask the craft man that I'm married to that has like that has everything, every tool you can imagine. Room of tools. Yes, and I'm not talking about the situation. Oh, Oh. Oh. we went in two different directions. Two different ways. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Nice little jab at the situation. Yeah, well, you know, we are currently watching the Jersey Shore family reunion over on the Patreon, uh, the Page 7 Patreon. So we are thick in Jersey, and because we watch it on Thursdays, we call it Jersey. Of course. And um, we've been watching the Jersey Shore for over a year because we watched all the Jersey Shore. Now we're watching all the Jersey Shore family vacation. There's a lot. They really squeeze that rock. They're still going. Oh, yeah. No, it's they, you got to get it in there. People watch it. Man, speaking of get it in there, JWoww, have my number. Oh. I will be the wife you need and the mother to your children that they crave. You are married. I mean, oh, if only, if only the one thing that Cody Brown could have gotten right, Sister Wives, is mm. that um, if he could have gotten, you know, polygamy actually legal. This is not page seven. Excuse me. <laughs> well, Sobbin' Robin's got to have something to cry about. I got it. Man, I could talk. I'll talk reality TV all day, That's but we the, can't. They don't have television. No, there's no television here, all right? But we did. You know what they do have? Theater. Remember what we just did? <laughs> Good. Just I like back. that transition. <laughs> they we do. Did, and not just theater of the mind. We did theater of the body as well. We did. That was very fun. We did um, and we did the LPN show last week. It was a blast. We were in San Diego. It was a super fun time. And we did an ACOTAR We segment. did live ACOTAR. And it went poorly. No, it didn't. It Everybody went, loved it. It went poorly in that... It was funny, yet not done great. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's new material. Anytime you're on stage with new material, you don't know how it's going to go. Well, you were great. Um, you were great. Well, thank you. We uh, we only we had maybe one and a half rehearsals of it, and so our cast did their very best with the nothing we handed them. And so well, there was they, a lot of be, confused entrances. To be fair, and the cast was Eddie and Henry, and Eddie and Henry don't know anything about and Amber. And Amber and Carolina and Fernando and MJ. MJ. Yes. Yeah. And none of them knew anything about the books. No. So they did a really great job for not knowing Oh no, it's a hundred percent my fault. You stuck. <laughs> but my favorite thing that happened was I got all their costumes together beforehand, and we, you know, our husbands know vague things about these books, and so 
Henry has caught wind through the the span of time that the, the Fae wear masks, and he didn't have He's a mask so in his cute. bag, and so he I think he thought that I just had forgotten about it or something, and so he went without telling me. He went and had somebody pick a mask up for him, and I didn't know until he walked out on stage with a Phantom of the, of the Opera, Opera mask, mask on, on as Rizan. <laughs> <laughs> I will say he got Rizan's swagger down pat. Oh, he was great. Like, um, I noticed that swagger. And I would say Rizan embodies some Phantom of the Opera um, energy, For but sure. not the same gro- uh, grotesque undermask. I face. love that he had the mask on. It was it's only supposed to be the spring court that has the masks on. And uh, it was a fun. <laughs> He tried. It honestly, it made me think of like, it made me feel like I was an 11 year old when like the dad's trying to be like, no, I will watch friends with you. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like puts like finds like a friend shirt, like doesn't really know what the joke is on the shirt. And you're like, oh, yeah. Okay. okay." It's like the one with the kids on it. You know, like, like, dad, that's not a friend's reference. (laughs) Yeah. Dad. No, you don't understand me. <laughs> and it's because Henry didn't even read the first book. At least Jeff read the first book. He tried to connect with us. <laughs> um, but it was very cute. Uh, and I will say Jeff did give up right after the first book, but he did try. He tried. He didn't even get to all the fucking. I, well, this is exactly what I was saying. I was like, you like you don't even understand. And then I have multiple times explained to him what happens in the rest of the books. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure that he's now in protest not reading the books. Yeah. Quit telling me the story. Yeah, he loves to hear me talk. (laughs) (laughs) Just in me, Jeffrey! Uh Uh-oh. Um, no, we had a really great time, and thank you to everybody that watched Beach Blanket Bingo, because, uh, we had an absolute blast, and and Natalie had, had like, 17 wardrobe changes that were perfect. Oh my gosh, thank you. You crushed it. You crushed the narration. Our Feyre, that is. Oh, yes, uh... I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Jackie narrated it was a blast. But you do look like my little Christmas elf friend. We're little Christmas elves. I hate that we're wearing Christmas colors. We are. We're not wearing ears, though, because um, Emery doesn't have uh, pointy ears. Because Illyrians don't. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, I have fey ears on under my wig. Yeah. Wink. Let me Wink. see. Let me see those uh, ears. I can't. Uh, my hair's glued to my head. <laughs> oh, no. That's right. just fun, though. All let's, right, let's go. Let's all right, go. All right, let's do it. We start Chapter 10 with Nesta finally having an old appetito after making some new friends, mm-hmm. question mark? Because if you'll call, we met Emery and Gwyneth in the last uh, episode. This is big for It's so big. And I'm I'm dressed as Emery, even though Emery doesn't appear in this episode. Uh, yeah, in this part of the book at all. Um, and, that's good, because I was going to call you out for it. I yeah, like, I know. Nah, like, she's not even in this part of so the book. So don't even... Don't even fucking at me, everyone. Take those wings off. I strip you of your wings. No. Her father already did. Oh, my God. You want me to clip them for you? Clip, 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 clip. Clip, clip, clip. You're a lady. Clip, clip, clip. That's so sad. It's very sad. I just took away her freedom. But um, look at how easy it was. You only clipped one, though, so I think I can fly in a circle. Aw, that'd be kind of cute. I mean, Jeff has threatened in the past to take away my shoes, so I can't leave the house. That is scary. And he means it. That is a very scary <laughs> No, he's just joking. Also, you could still leave. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the joke of it. Of just that that's what's been keeping me from... It's the shoes. the shoes. 
<laughs> um, so she gets back. She gets back to the House of Wind after this very productive day she's had, and the house rewards her with bringing her a piece of chocolate cake, mm. decadent sensual. Mm, I wish she could be eating up the crumbs off. Whoa. Oh, Cassian's chest. I'm again not a, a food is sexy kind of girl. No, personally. no, I'm I not like. Into it. I just like to eat. Eating is separate for me. Uh, yeah, I'm not in the mood of sex and eat very close, like one another. They should be very separate acts. You know. No, it's why it you makes... always bang before you go out to dinner. That's what I think. You got to, and then you ain't got to worry about it after you're all full. Then you can eat whatever you want. It's true. I don't like. I don't find that attractive. It just makes me think of bodily functions. When your body yeah, all and process it's all and all making, the food. It's making up top and it's making down below. Ew. Ew. <laughs> and just as she's about to eat that chocolate cake, suddenly Cassian appears Oh, her. interesting how they are intertwined. Huh. He accuses her of talking to herself because he caught her sort of chatting with the house while she was eating. And she's surprised to learn from him that the house doesn't tend to speak to other people. Oh, my God. They're friends. Talk about another friendship. Another friendship. Toxic friendship. Bringing y'all your stuff. I guess I guess she, the house doesn't bring her alcohol, so it's not that Yeah, bad. and like gives her like water and stuff like that. A piece of cake. Have a piece of cake. Have a piece of cake. Oh, I tell you what. Yesterday, I ate a piece of chocolate middle of the afternoon. Oh, and it was delightful. I love doing that. I'm being a Kathy. Ack, ack. Give me a little bit of chocolate. Kathy wasn't wrong. No, man. Sometimes you just need a little bit of chocolate in the middle of the day. Gets you through. Yeah, it does. It gives you a little pep. Oh, especially the Halloween candy's about to be on sale. Oh, my God. Oh, oh when it goes on sale. Oh. <laughs> Although maybe it won't be there anymore and it's just going to be Christmas candy. What the hell's Christmas candy? Candy canes? Yeah, I guess it's, yeah, it's sucking blows. Suck and blows. Because that's all candy canes are for. So you can oh. suck on them and look at them and go, I'm mm. sucking on it. I'm sucking on your wing. Yeah, that is true. It's like a cute girl thing to do in high school. Be like, hi. Don't think about penises right now or anything. I always uh, wanted uh, to be that. I really did. I know oh that, no, yeah, that now I look I want I wanted to be it so bad. Like I wanted to be the person that I licked a lollipop and someone went like, Oh my god, it's like she's licking up. Yeah, penis. like oh, do you see her licking that lollipop? But no, it's just always my mouth was all blue. It's like <laughs> Somebody liked it, I'm sure. I guess. I mean, I married. One person liked it. That is how you started your first date, I remember. Yeah, man, just a sucking all the oh, You were there. Pop. You were literally <laughs> there at our first date. I was. So, yeah, the house doesn't speak to most people but her. And he does note, though, the house is enchanted, so it's not like his mind is blown by this, this revelation the house talks to her. But he still teases her about being a witch. Like, maybe that's why the house is talking to her. Before she can snap back at him, he leans over her. And she stiffens at his nearness. Oh, my God. It's just like Wendy when you bend over Wendy. Yeah, I, you I don't, She doesn't like it. Chi-Chi's don't usually like it when someone bends over them. And then they go, I hope, I hope it's not because she's... I don't even want to say the words. Never mind. No, this is not sexual. I meant it separately. <laughs> I meant when she tries to protect you, Natalie. Thank you. Um, because if you go near Natalie and they're both sitting on the couch, Wendy will go. Ah, ah. That's Chihuahua. That's Chihuahua for you. But so she's she's sort of like, oh. but he's reaching over her to help himself to her cake. Oh, yeah. but also fingies off, bro. Somebody tries to touch my cake. Knife. Well, 
I mean, that's sort of what his goal is. She's mm. irritated. He's doing it to irritate her. But she's irritated. But she, the sound he's making while he eats his first bite, quote, travels down her bones. He's just going, yum, yum. <laughs> mm, yum, yum. <laughs> Makes her all wet. And she's like, what does that say about me? Yeah, oh, no, I have to explore this. Um, she won't let him know, of course, that it, it's, it's shaking her core a little. Um, he teases her again as he's eating this chocolate cake, trying to encourage her to take the fork out of his hand. It's, you know, if she's as mad as she lets him know, you should try to stop, you know, why don't you stop, stop me? Stop me then. He explains that there are many ways to disable a weapon and overtake somebody even as big and muscly as him. Mm. And he again encourages her, if you train with me, you might be able to get this fork back. I get where he's coming from, but still don't touch my cake. I mean, she's like not protesting that much because he's like real close, you know? Yeah. And then he like, you know, he... She only glares at him as he's saying all this doesn't respond. And he puts the fork down and allows her to finish her half-eaten dessert And when he walks away from that. So he's sort of doing the reaching out your hand thing where he's like, you could train, you know. And then he just, like, leaves her with her thoughts. And it's almost like they kissed because they oh shared a fork. God, they shared That's a why fork. I don't think she cared. I think she was like, ew, gross. Ew, and then she's mm, all like, like ah, yeah, ah, afterwards and trying she's to get like, spit. Yeah. Kissing the fork. Have you ever, I mean, you used to kiss the mirror, right? You ever um, go through I'm that phase? Sure, I did. When you pretend like you're looking at someone, then you'd like kiss the mirror, and then I remember having to like smear. But then, like, I wonder what my mother thought I was doing with the mirror, where there's just these smears all over the. You mirror. You think she didn't kiss her mirror? I mean, I don't know. Have people? Oh, I think I feel like it's the kind of thing where, like, I'm asking. I even was embarrassed to ask you as I was asking you it because I feel like it's the kind of thing you don't really oh, talk about. I mean, why? Because you were like 27. At the time. It was last week, and uh, I was like, "Oh, Jeff, Jeff, like, I'm, I'm right, right here. here. <laughs> what are you doing? You can kiss the real me if you want." I like Mir Jeff, who looks like Jackie. Yeah, it's a little like me, but it's a little like you. But I put, I smear his beard balm all over my face, so my face is tacky to the touch. You put, you put a fake beard on and Aww, kiss yourself. Yeah, but not the real Jeff. But not the real Jeff. No, he uh, gets many kissings. No, I'm sure I did. I didn't get my first real kiss till I was like 15. I was like late. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Is that late? Is that late for first kisses? All my friends had already kissed a boy. I feel like most of them were lying. No, I definitely did. They were making kiss? Middle school, yeah. Middle Man, school, yeah, first I wasn't year. Uh, kiss in middle school. Yeah. First year, like freshman. So I was like fr- end of freshman year for me, which was like later than most of my friends. Yeah, whatever. She's married now. Yeah, so huh, she can kiss whatever she wants. On you idiots. It's funny because probably most of them only kissed the first time like seven months before me. But in, it felt like in forever. years when you're a teen or a tween, that is an eon of time. You're it like, is. oh, God, it's almost summertime. and No one's kissing me. What am I going to do? Oh, my God. Yeah, you um, got to get it in there. But now it's yeah. like you blink and it's Halloween is next week. So are we aging frontwards or backwards? Where is the little girl I can't No, no, Natalie. Don't go down with that. Don't go. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> go, don't, go, don't, go. <laughs> did you just short circuit? I did. I was trying to say don't go down that road, and I just literally couldn't say it. So <laughs> so after her, her dessert, 
Later that night, she reads a romance novel until she can barely keep her eyes open mm. and then makes her way to her bed. We see a scene here of the house caring for Nessa as she shivers under her covers. The house warms up the room and then obeys when Nessa says, please don't start a f-. Well, she doesn't say please. She says, no fire. Um, so they- Yeah, Lord knows. She doesn't know the word please yet. No, not quite. Soon, though. She will learn. Even still, Nesta snaps awake in the night, even after all the care from the house. She's had a nightmare of all the worst things, you know, that have happened to her as they as she's been dealing with these cyclical intrusive thoughts. Elaine going to the cauldron, her father's neck snapping, but her father's eyes looking at her lovingly in his last moments is what finally sends her shooting to consciousness, nauseated. She obviously has not processed her lack of closure with her father. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe try not to make eye contact with your father as he's getting murdered. Did she consider that? I don't no, think she did. maybe think about that. So if you know that that's about to happen, try to at least break the eye contact or else you're never going to sleep ever again. Okay, good good uh, advice, as always. Something that we yeah. can learn from Nesta. Something we can learn from her. Um, her She panics at the great power as it tries to surge inside of her as all of these fears are coming to the surface. She wakes up. Her power is like called almost like it thinks she's in like mortal danger at the moment. She chastises it in her head. Go away. This isn't real. Go away. The power sort of slowly recedes. She decides she really needs a drink. And regardless, she has to escape these thoughts. And only one thing will help her. Step descending. Man, this is just, it is just when your brain lies to you that the booze will fix it and the booze will make it go away. And you're just like, that's all that will do it. Sometimes it does for like two hours. Yeah, I guess. And usually that's because I'm so sick. <laughs> and that's why I'm not thinking about the things yeah. that, that I don't want to think about. That's the main draw, I think, of alcohol. Is it just makes you feel kind of good for a little and then real sick for a while. And that's all you can think about. I don't know if it's just my 36-year-old brain that, like, I, I just can't even. I'm like, it's not worth it anymore. It's not worth what it does to my belly anymore. Drinking? Yeah. I'm a white wine bitch. I can't help it. I mean, you know, I don't, I won't say you know to a white wine. (laughs) I don't know what happened. I've lost control of my mouth. It is not my own anymore. I can't, I I can't even apologize for what comes out of it for the rest of this episode. That's all right. I love it. Maybe Um, I'm possessed. Possessed with the need to descend stairs. Yeah, man. Take me down the stairs. Take me to booze. I know you can take me to take me to booze and then you get me take me to booze. Maybe that's a good uh, rule of thumb if you want drinks. You have to get on like a Stairmaster for like 30 minutes. Drink while you're on the Stairmaster? No, you gotta finish and then you can have alcohol. Like you're going upstairs to get alcohol's at the top of the stairs. Ooh, gotta yeah, get it. Gotta, gotta get, get it. it. Um, please, that's actually probably really I was healthy. About to say, don't don't do I think it's a really sad, like, like, I found, if I found out you were doing that, I'd be like, Natalie, let's talk. No, that's a, let's that's have a bad a sister, idea. sister that's conversation. I believe that's... Sister, sister. No, we're a little bit different. A little bit different. Um, even so, her cascading thoughts follow her as swiftly as the echo of her footsteps. Whoa. Her father's last words, Elaine screaming as she, sho- she shoved under the surface of the water in the cauldron. She's running and running down the stairs. Suddenly, she loses her footing and begins to tumble. Ugh. And man, that's gotta hurt. Ugh. You gotta figure out some way to stop because 10,000 steps, stair fall, it's not gonna be governed by the union. I don't think so. What is it, Faye Aftra? 
I got that. I think it would be wait. Sag F Sag A Fatra. Sag Fatra. I don't even think we're allowed to. I think we just crossed the picket line. Oh no, we just became scabs. Yeah, we're scabs now. Yep. Um. So she down she goes, head over feet, spinning and spinning, bashing arms and knees and shoulders off the hard stone. Ow, 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 ee, ow, ow, ow. She flung out a hand blindly, nails biting into stone. Sparks exploded as she cried out and held on. But she stops, and in the silence is immediately filled with the barking of all of her new injuries. Arr, arr, arr. The coppery tang of blood filled her mouth. Something wet and warm slid down her neck. A sniff told her it was blood, too. Just imagine Cassian standing behind her on the steps. (laughs) And her fingernails, the ones gripping the stone steps. Nesta blinked at her hand. She had seen sparks. Her fingers were embedded in the stone, the rock glowing as if lit with an inner flame. Cool. Sick. She yanks her hand back and it's like, nope, nothing to see here. Uh, I'm just gonna go. I'm not magic. I'm not magic. There's no magic in me. Man, I wish I'd just emit sparks when I was upset. That'd be fun. And everybody would be very, very afraid of, of me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very scared of you. Like, but the thing is, is they would work to never upset me, you know, everywhere I went. I think that would be, yeah, real. I think that's real good and healthy. Like the, you know, the, the kid in the Twilight Zone movie. Oh, yeah, man. Don't make the rabbit big, Natalie. That's a such a scary rabbit. It's I that scared me. That portion of the Twilight Zone movie scared me so much. As a so kid, oh my much. god, so much. That when it it pans over to the the sister the with sister, no mouth. Yeah. That part's so scary. Ooh. Man, that would be a good Halloween costume. The rabbit? No, oh, the, the, sister. the sister without the mouth. That would be cool. Aha. Aha. Was that Billy Crystal from Princess Bride? It was. Damn, I knew it. So she she is she doesn't want to deal with any of this. She doesn't want to deal with the thing that just happened. She's just like, no, 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 no. She wants to avoid so much that even in her panic and pain, she jogs back up the stairs to avoid some more. The next morning at the training ring, Cassian is curious but unsurprised to find Nesta with some pretty nasty bruises from the night before. You know where they were pretty bad if her fey blood didn't heal them already? They were cement steps. When was the last time you fell down steps just in general? Well, yeah. I mean, not. I mean, I've done it intentionally before, but unintentionally. Natalie, do we need to have another sister-sister conversation? <laughs> no. It's for stunts. Oh, for stunts. So, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But, I mean, it just makes me think of when I was little, I fell down brick steps and I ripped all the skin off, like, half of my face. Man, kids are just, they just bounce back, but they just bash themselves off of everything. I can't imagine trying, like, scraping a bunch of skin off my face as a 36. I'd just be like, I'm tired. I'm too tight. Just, you know what? Put me away. Put Like, lock me in some sort of padded room. I'm done. I don't want to heal from it. I'd be like, my fame, my beautiful My beauty! Thankfully, we have the Phantom of the Opera mask now, though. Oh, see? There you go. I'm glad that he just found... Where was the Phantom of the Opera mask? He had 
uh, one of the assistants go out to a costume store, like specifically. Oh my god! I thought he just found one. Like I don't know, somewhere theater. I don't. I don't know. Into the into the he went into the vents and he found the lair of the phantom that lived in that theater. Actual mask, and also how sweet would that be that he did that for you, crawling into his lair? (laughs) I wouldn't want him to because I feel like that man would be very dangerous who lived inside. Or he would kiss him, and they would sing to you. We'd chew each other. He'd be Henrine. <laughs> oh, yes. I don't know where we're going now. I um, think Henry is a beautiful angel of music. Haven't you said that angel before? Angel of music. I mean, Henry and I do sing Phantom of the Opera all the time. Both of us loved it very much. As well, it's a the time of year for it, too. So I've just been, I, I listened to it just for Follies the other day. Really? The, yeah. the, the score? Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, I love it. Um, I don't know what happened to Andrew, Lo- Andrew Lloyd Webber, though. He's kind of gone insane. Um, what I do like is that he said the one thing that he uh, took from watching the movie Cats was he was happy that he owned dogs. He owns the... T- the dogs the, instead of cats. The title dogs? No, 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 that he has dogs. Oh, I thought... Because it was so bad. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> that was his that was his biting critique. Oh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> quick of wit he is. He he well, I don't know if he really is quick of wit. He has, has a lot so. of thoughts now. Yeah. Not I, and I told you already. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. How old is Andrew Lloyd Webber? Man, he's like he's only 75. Oh, a boy of 75. As a fae, he would be very young. I think it was because I was just looking at pictures of Vera Wang, who was 74 and who looks like she's 22. Oh, sure. So I I think in my brain, that's what skewed what 74 should look like. So Uh. in my head, he looks like the Crypt Keeper. But, um... Well, he's also got a lot of fillers in his face. Yeah. He's got a lot of lip filler. We're going off on a tangent here. Sorry. No, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, I told you before, we saw the sequel to The Phantom... Uh, in theater, it was not good. Oh, he didn't write it? He did write it. He did? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Why would you keep going? Why not? <laughs> Continue a classic tale. <laughs> Why would you keep going? I didn't know he wrote it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's bad. Well, I'm glad you got to see it, and I'm glad you know. It was it one of my favorite dates because we were laughing the whole time. I bet. <laughs> it was really fun. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. 
We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The next morning, we're back at the, you know, at the training ring the next morning. She's trying to play it off to Cassie, and, but he tells her he knows that it was injuries caused on the staircase. In fact, he knows she fell down about 30 steps, and that is a lot of steps. That's a lot of steps. And av- I had to look it up. The average staircase in a home is, like, from the first to second floor is 13 to 15 steps. So that's, like, two staircases in your house. That, and made of, like, f- weren't Con- they, like, stone. Foot, like, foot, foot high. high stone. Yes. yes. She's pretty shocked he knew, but she shouldn't be surprised probably because he was tasked with watching her so he wouldn't know about things like this. Are you watching me? Before he could answer, she spat. You were watching and you didn't come help? Cassian shrugged again. You stopped falling. If you kept at it, someone would have eventually come to catch you before you hit the bottom. She hissed at him. Which is a good sample selection of their dynamic. He would have, of course, rescued her if she was in real danger, but probably he wanted her to figure it out for herself. Probably also thought she deserved to handle it herself a little bit. And also showing that he is not snowed by her and her bristliness and her brashness, that he'll take her down a peg when she needs it, which is not a thing a lot of people are brave enough to do. But also I just love how, like, she hissed at him. And could you imagine her actually just going, like, <laughs> Which is actually something I think 17-year-old me definitely would have done towards someone. Oh, I definitely did that. Like back in the, yeah, and you're just like, you think that you're being really like crazy, like you're not like the other girls. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were different. We were so different. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm different. I'm like a snake woman. I think that that would be her going like... <sighs> Yeah, I imagine it's more of, like, frustrated. Yeah. Um, he once again asks her to get up to let her let him train her. So they're, you know, back at Windhaven. She's refusing again to train. But he wants to say, hey, so you, why don't you train so you can walk down staircases? That would be cool oh, for you, right? Oh, shit. He holds his hand out. Nesta notices the males who had been watching Cassian with Envy just a few moments ago while he was training are now watching this interaction, amused, enjoying their bastard warrior getting humiliated. She thinks about how an older version of her would have ripped into those males, but now she doesn't have it in her. No, she tells him. Cassian puts his ego aside. Please. Nessa's internal dialogue is conflicted and troubled. The braver part of her is begging for her to get up, to take this olive branch from him. But the broken side still rules the day. She doesn't get up or even respond. Uh. He looks disappointed in a way that gutters some part of her. 
During this exchange, her mind wanders to how she actually feels about Cassian. Do I actually look like him? Maybe in a way that she hasn't been honest with herself before. The first time she'd seen Cassian, she couldn't take her eyes off him. She felt like she'd spent her life surrounded by boys. And then a man, a male, she supposed, had suddenly appeared. Everything about him had radiated that confident, arrogant masculinity. It had been heady and overwhelming. And all she'd wanted, all she'd wanted for so many months, was to touch him, smell him, taste him. Get close to that strength and throw everything she was against it, because she knew he'd never break, never falter, never balk. Ooh! I get you, girl! You don't need anybody to take care of you, but also... Wouldn't it be nice to be taken care of? I think that if you have a partner who loves and cares for you, you can it can help you find the best version of yourself. I don't think you should ever depend on somebody to fix you or heal you, but sometimes it's nice to have a foundation in which you can then find enough peace in yourself to explore the things inside of you that are a little... Wonky. Even as you're saying this, I'm just like, I know it, girl. I bring it up in therapy all the time that, like, I'm just like, would I have ever changed and gotten better and made myself a better person if I hadn't met Jeff? Like, he was the beginning of it. But like my therapist says, that did not mean that he did the journey for you. Just because someone and a relationship can instigate positive growth and change does not mean that all the work is, oh, it's just because I met them. No, no, no. You got to do the work, too. Also, you are still doing the like you were still gotta do the work every day when you met. I think there's also a part of you have to be in a place where you can even accept somebody's love. So it's not like yes. he found you in a dumpster and he's like, I'm going to brush this little girl off. You know, you, it was close. No, it wasn't. You were fine. <laughs> I mean, you were obviously emotionally going through a lot of shit, but you were not like a train wreck where I was like worried that you were going to like. I was going to find you in the river or something. No, you know what I mean, just worried that I was going to live with you and Henry for the rest of my life. I was not worried life. about that. <laughs> I actually find, I think that I found you much more capable than you would have found yourself. Oh my God, thank you. Because you were in the end. It was just seeking yourself out Man, a little bit. you are embodying Emery right now and I'm slitting for it. <laughs> oh my God. Love it, love it, love it. Oh, supportive friends. Yes. So she has these these thoughts rolling through her mind how she desperately wants him and that she knows that he is this big hulking man. Oh, a man! Mm-hmm. And yet she can't make herself move, can't allow herself that kind of vulnerability, neither from the Illyrians watching her nor from allowing Cassian to know her true feelings for him. Cassian turns from her and says, Tomorrow then. Dejected. Ugh. Unlike the previous nights, the house won't allow Nesta to eat in the private library at the start of Chapter 11. It's later that same day, and no matter how many times she asks, demands, pleads, she finally says, please, the house. The house won't let her into this private room. She's starving and exhausted, and she just wants to read a book and eat and go to bed. But the house seems to know she actually needs something different. Frustrated, Nesta stomps into the dining room and finds Cass and Asriel already eating dinner together. Mm-hmm. As she sinks into the seat a bit away from the Illyrians, finally a plate of food pops out in front of her. Ah, human and, interaction. Oh, does she need it? As the as if the house. I'm sorry, is it human? Oh, 
disgusting. I'm sorry. The food only comes up as if the house will only feed her if she remains in the room with the others. She knows if she gets up to take the food away to another room, it will disappear. She enters as they are in a mid-conversation, and we learn here that Azrael is going to be winnowing in and out of the House of Wind to spy on the other queens instead of staying nearer to their lands it's or so somewhere crazy, in Dolores. Because we're so wrapped up inside of Nesta and Cassian's head right now that, like, I forget that there's all this other stuff that is continuing to happen. But they're so wrapped up in their own, and it's like it really reminds you that everybody in everybody's brain, like, the only person you're really thinking about at the end of the day is yourself and how you interact with other people. It's true. And so it's that can be like both kind of stressful, but also if you Freeing. think about it from the other side of if you did something that you, you are like so mortified by or you f- like are going over and over in your head stuff, other people are not thinking about it. No. They're thinking about whatever they did that day. So you don't have to be that worried about if you've, you know, just those sort of I, I get in those cycle thoughts of just like the worst thing I said or like I said something so embarrassing like six years ago and suddenly it's just like in my head. And I'm oh, like, Fuck! yeah. Right. As God you're damn about it. trying to go yeah. to sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah. Every awkward interaction you've ever had with somebody. all pops up, doesn't it? But you know what? Nobody's thinking. Nobody about else it. remembers it. Literally. Um, you know, unless you like. Sh- like shit on their face or something, you know. I feel like you have diarrhea on somebody's face Do you somehow. Need to talk They'll about remember something? that. <laughs> this is this another thing that we need to discuss? <laughs> no, I've done many embarrassing things, including vomiting, but I've never pooped oh, yeah. or peed um, in public accidentally. Definitely thrown up a lot, though. Yeah, man. I'm a bit of a pukezilla. I don't want to brag. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm pretty good at puking. So, um,. <laughs> As is, is talking about how everything's really dangerous, like he implies that the risk uh, that was brought by Vasa warned basically Azrael that there was going to be a lot of danger with the other human queens. Dangers afoot, you could say. Mm. But Nesta's more focused on her memories of Vasa because as they're having this discussion, the two Illyrians, she's like, oh, Vasa? And then she remembers Vasa describing her father as this wonderful man. Because if you'll recall, they went on their own side quest. And like Vasa and and the Archeron father, Daddy Archeron, they had a whole other book. Bro, you think they kissed? Ew, no. Vasa? Yeah. And Daddy? I don't know. That age, well, I should say that. That age gap, while well, 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 Ferris married big, to like a 500-year-old. I'm saying, I, and like when the boats are rocking, you know, maybe that put a good smile on his face. Maybe he needed to get the cobwebs out. I guess maybe. I guess I've never considered their father to be hot is my issue. Oh, yeah, I saw him. And saw only him. hot people should have sex. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. Because if you're uggo, that's a no-go. Did you, do you consider him... I thought he was hot. See, I always saw him as so weak because he wouldn't help his daughters. I thought he was ugly up top, but then when he comes back with the the ships, like I imagine him in a big, like in like a captain's uniform, where like like his like sense of purpose is back, and that's what like kept him from being hot before. Maybe Maybe I thought too much into it. Maybe Vasa fucked the bravery back into him. Whoa, man! I wish I had that kind of power in my pussy. I give, I've got so much pussy power, I gift you some. Whoa, that'd be cool. Maybe I do. Who's to say I don't? That's a fun, that's a fun power to have. You have, you can give people superpowers, but you have to, you have to have your vagina. Yeah. All right. So. Man, <clears throat> powerful Jeff would be. Oh my God, with his big, strong chest. Oh, yuck. 
<laughs> uh, Jeff is a handsome man, but that, I can't. I, I understand. You sense. can't say it. Um, so she's feeling resentful of the relationship that Vasa and her father seem to have. And it's she can't bite down the contempt in her mind and the con- basically the confusion. It's not that she hates Vasa or wishes her father would have been mean to her. It's that emotional tor- turmoil that can come from having someone in your life who doesn't treat you very well. Be very kind to someone else, and you don't really understand what you've done or why. Yeah. In this instance, it's not that her father was abusive. It's just more, I think it's more like frustration and despair that her father wasn't able to get better for her and her sisters, but figured it out in time to be the father figure to this other young oh, woman. Oh, so you saw it more as like a father figure type of a relationship. Well, yeah, now I understand why you said ew. Yeah. And I think that that's how Nesta's viewing it, whether or not that's the case. Yes. And of course, Nesta can't see beyond her hurt right now that in fact, her father made himself better in order to protect her and her sisters, that he he left and was going to all these meetings about the war and made the ships named after his daughters because he wanted to save them. But she's, you know, you're in you're in a zone. You can't see that right now. Finally, as the Illyrians are having this conversation and Nesta's lost in her own thoughts, they kind of acknowledge each other. Asriel notices the battered Nesta, whose bruises have faded but not fully left yet from the night before. And he asks what happened to her. She tries to avoid telling him, but Cass is in full beast mode and just says, she fell on the stairs. Asriel's silence was pointed before he asked, did someone push you? <laughs> He's, of course, being facetious, <laughs> knowing that Nesta isn't in danger, nor would Cass ever push her. It also is really cute because then Asriel is like a little funny. That's what I, yeah, that's funny. why I brought it up because we do get to see in, you know, we don't get a lot of deep time with Az right now. Hopefully, Fingy's crossed for the next book. Please. But beyond that one, we do actually have the one bonus chapter uh, that we do get in as POV, and it is Thirsty. And that's all I will say about it if you haven't read it yet. But it is mostly thirsting. And uh, so this is a nice view at him. Like we get more of his personality coming out in Silver Flame, and he has a lot of quiet humor in him. As also has I'll kiss him. I'll kiss him till he smiles. Oh, you're gonna pout. Oh, he's gonna pout, and I'm gonna make him smile. I do think he pouts a lot. I know. Oh, I'm so into. Uh, how many quiet pouties I've dated in my time, and then I realize I'm like, I don't think quiet pouty is good for me. Also, they get annoying. I know, and you're just like, can't you just have one smile, Can you just have a like smile? for a second? I love that you're ta- you're haunted. I yes. think that that's cool. Yes. I live to discuss and like let's like break down your past traumas. I like but when also, your hair's like in your face and you're like whatever, whatever. Uh. But then also, could you smile or tell one joke? Yeah, and then like Lord knows they're not going to dance at homecoming. <laughs> you think like why why take them to homecoming when they're not going to dance with you? Uh, uh, I never went to a dance. I never went to a dance. All right, we're gonna have to put a dance together. I mean, adult I, prom. I did go to a punk prom after I was an adult, which was fun. See, this I, proms like I feel like dances are lost. Like how youth is wasted on the young, I think dances are losted, losted on the youth. Lost and that's what I'm youth. sticking with. What I said, I def- lost it on the youth. I defaced a couple uh, dances at my school. No, you didn't. They worked so hard to make those I know. decorations. I'm a jerk. And also, we like went and stole all the food beforehand and stuff. It no. was really mean. Oh, what kind of food? Like brownies and shit like that. Oh yeah, they didn't. They weren't. Ugh. 
what if it was like fried chicken prom? Well, not for you. You don't fried like that. Fried chicken prom. But fried chicken prom sounds the fucking The theme awesome. is fried chicken. The theme is fried chicken, and everyone's got their fried chicken scented gibbets for their Crocs, and everyone shows up, and it's like they're just like, oh, you get the KFC logs? You know, they've got logs that no. actually, if you burn them, it smells like KFC. No, I don't know what you're they talking They sell about. out every year at Walmart. Ew. The fire smells like chicken? It smells like chicken. Ugh, that's gross. Yeah, man. <laughs> Why would it smell like chicken? I don't know. But they sell out every year, and I've never had a fireplace. Well, you've got a fireplace, Natalie. Ew, I don't want my house to smell like chicken. (laughs) I don't want to. All right, no chicken-scented logs for you then. Thank you. I appreciate it. To not get us chicken logs. Chicken logs. You got chicken logs. What does that even mean? I just imagine like you're calling someone chicken legs, but you call them chicken logs oh, chicken instead. Logs. Got it. I amuse myself. Yeah. It's almost like I talk to myself all day long. Me too. <laughs> as also has a certain way of speaking with Nesta that doesn't seem to set her on edge the way other people do. When Cass mentions she's refusing to train to As, As just asks her point blank, why aren't you training, Nesta? Ask her the question. We get more of the same. She's not training in that miserable village. Cass cuts in to sort of antagonize Nesta, telling As he's wasting his breath. As's question turns into a heated argument between Cass and Nesta. Of course. Cassian shouts that she's been given an order and that she is going to have to train or he can't help what the consequences will be. She snaps back at him. So you'll tattle to your precious high lord? She crooned. Big tough warrior needs oh so powerful Rizan to fight his battles. <laughs> She's clearly struck a chord with Cass because he shouts at her to never speak about Reese like that. She doesn't stop though. She calls Reese an asshole. <gasps> As is angry, but he only watches. Cassian and Nesta. They lobby words back and forth at each other until Cass perhaps strikes a bit below the belt, but she's also kind of asking for it. Finally, Cass blurts out, everyone fucking hates you. Damn. Is that what you want? Because congratulations, it's happened. Azrael let out a long, long breath. Cassian's words pelted her one after another. Her Hit her somehow low and soft and hit hard. As much as she wants to act uncaring, flippant, and disgusted, this hurts her. She acts as though she wants this, she wants to be pushed away, wants to be hated. But the truth of the matter is that she could have gone somewhere if she really wanted to be rid of them all. Feyre would have given her money to live somewhere else in the night court. She could have disappeared and they would have let her go even if they didn't want to. But some part of her remains close by, causing pain as though it's the only way for her to cry out for help to anyone. Oh, girl. So she, like, my point is, there is this part of her that is begging to be protected and saved and kept with them. Like, she wants to be a part of the the group. Yeah. But she just, like, I don't know how to ask you these things, so no. fuck you. I don't know. Well, because, like, if you think about it, like, being a part of a family is is difficult. It's hard to learn how to be there for each other. And if you've not grown up with that kind of support, like she wants it, but she doesn't know how to be a part of it. So she doesn't know how to like properly emotionally communicate her needs because she doesn't even know what she wants. Like, that's what I like about being in her brain. Like she doesn't even know what she fucking wants. No, she doesn't know why. she. But like 
I think we've all had moments in our life when you're like, why am I being such a bitch right now? Right. Stop being a bitch. Please stop being a bitch. And then out of your mouth just comes like horrible things. And you're just like wanting to catch that and be like, no, please don't say that. Too late. It's too out. late. Yeah, for sure. And I, she's in, in this mode. And I think that that is really in these moments when he actually says the words, it, it does strike her in a way that she didn't like. Oh, yeah, it's hard to hear. Everyone fucking hates Even you. Even though she acts like she's trying to yes. get that to happen, you know? So she starts to fling words at him like a shield, but he stops her, tells her he's done with her. This makes Nesta start, but she tries another angle and almost in a panic, brings up how glad she is Cassian won't be, quote, panting after her anymore. Okay, sure, Nesta, everybody believes you don't like it. It's totally one-sided for sure, girl. You just keep bringing up your bedroom all the time. That's that's interesting. interesting. He tells her the training was supposed to help her, but she can go tear herself to shreds if she wants. And she's mm-hmm. and she says this exact phrase again, as though she can't fully tell him what she means, but is desperately trying to get a point across. I told you I'm not training in that miserable village. Cassian storms out of the room, and Nesta looks up to find Az watching her with something like pity. It's too much, and she leaves the table, barely eating a bite of her dinner. She can't seem to face the idea of laying down and going to sleep in the company of her thoughts. So she goes back down to the big library and continues shelving books late into the night. We cut to Cass post blow up again with, it must have been love with the wind blowing through his hair. This time he's atop the House of Wind looking down over the personal House of Wind training ring. Ooh, imagine just looking up and just seeing a big Illyrian up there just staring into the nothing. And then he just like, ooh, he just glides down into your bed. What are you doing here? I have a husband. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, yeah, he's up there. He's mentally beating himself up for yelling at Nesta and telling her to fuck off, essentially. Like, he's basically going, it's so stupid. I fucked up. It's not really what he wanted to scream at her. He was frustrated and and he was hurting. Suddenly a voice appears next to him. You're not the brooding type. Our girl Feyre is making a cameo. Man, it's like I almost forget about her in this book. I know. She's really not present in much of it. No. And so it's like a visit from an old friend. It is. Someone that you've lived inside of their head for so long. Yeah, like an old friend. Where yes. you live, you crawl inside their brain, brain and you, you move in. Yeah, um, like bugs. Like little bugs. But yeah, so her showing up next to him, it's a very sweet image. The two of them sitting side by side with their feet swinging over the edge of the roof they're sharing. But uh, I will say also, I'm pretty sure he's definitely the brooding type. Of course he's he done is. it a hundred times in these books so far. Yeah, he's always brooding. He remember he went to the village where his mom was killed, and he just stood there and brooded. Last he's, book, I mean, but at least he's feeling it. Mm-hmm. Do it. Brooding Work is through it. Is feeling things. I yeah. think. Yeah. She tells him that Reese could hear him thinking quite loudly, and so she came to check on him. Cass is surprised to notice that she still has the invisible skin shield all over her. 
Feyre says that Reese is insisting she practice breaking it as a measure of safety with all that's going on. They sit and discuss the progress with their spying, updating on each other on who's doing what right now. We get some info in this scene, but the real point of this interaction seems to be to show their special bond and also the goodness that's inside of Cass. And the fact that they are, like, at this point, they are, they are family. They, and I think that, like, showing especially the difference between the interaction between Cass and Nesta and then Cass and Feyre mm-hmm. is a really good, like, juxtaposition, especially, the, like, when it comes to, you know, fitting in inside of a family and how a family talks to each other. I, I think this is a really, like, cute scene. Oh, yeah, I love this scene. And also, they share that special bond that Cass brought up in the last book of they both know what it's like to be starving and to struggle in that way. And so they have that little connection, too. And I think that that makes their friendship, like, kind of special. Um, You've been hungry? I've been hungry. You've been hungry? Remember, Sounds he like saw her ribs. Her rib painting. Oh, yeah, man. And then he knew, man, that girl's got to eat. You got to eat, girl. Um, so <laughs> so we get some info. Uh, I just imagine you saying that as every person enters into our chicken-scented themed no! dance. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Will not be there. got to eat, girl. <laughs> I just wanted to record you on that and just put you on like a doormat so every time someone steps on it, you got to eat, girl. <laughs> I can do the recording, but I'm not coming. Oh, come on. You like the smell of chicken, don't you? Not really. Um, you veggie. You're a veggie. Um, I just never did. Meat always, even when I ate it when I was a kid, it always freaked me you out. You never liked the, the scent of it? Just all of it freaked me out. I think it's because the second I, I saw, I think I've said this a million times, if, the, if I could see veins and stuff, I was like, ah, oh, that's a thing. That's a, that was a thing. Like, uh, I got you. And it you was a body. Mm, that blood coursed through it. Yeah. Um, ah, oh, it's a body. Ah. Oh! <laughs> then I'd throw it at my, my grandma and it was always a big problem. <laughs> Um, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And and also in the scene, it, like you were just saying, like he can be really like, you know, kind of like combative with Nesta. But he's such he's he, there's goodness at the, between all of it. He's just like a very good male. And I also found this passage in this scene interesting in this exchange. He knocks his wing into Farah in an affectionate way. It's not sexual, but he goes on to note that we've already what we've already learned, which is touching of wings or wings reaching out and touching is not a gesture that's taken lightly that the touching of wings means something he goes on to say one he never dared make with the females of any illyrian community illyrians were psychotic on a good day about who touched their wings and how and wing touching outside of the bedroom training or mortal combat was an enormous taboo but Rees never cared and cassian had needed the contact always needed physical contact, he'd learned. Probably thanks to a childhood spent with precious little of it. So I guess that is sort of him touching Pharaoh with his wing is like the equivalent of maybe a more intimate, like a front-facing hug or something, like a holding a hand, which you wouldn't normally do with your... Where your groin touches the other groin? Yeah, like something where like your family spouse but they have their own special relationship here it's just an interesting thing and also i mean obviously it's a very familial contact to him but i thought it was notable he's admitting that he craves affection which is something we haven't really known until this moment which is it's like oh we'll hug you i'll take care of you 
Their conversation turns to Nesta, and he relays that it's not going well. Favor goes into her thoughts about this, and Cass observes her, marveling how much she's already accomplished at the small age of 21, that he was a shit show at that age, and I can relate. Mm -hmm. Favor asks if she's expressed why she won't train, and Cass glumly replies that it's because she hates him, which is so heartbreaking. He's just like, because she hates me. Feyre also feels very heartbroken about that. Him saying that she she sees like she gets tender and just yeah tells the him fact that, that he means it too because yeah. he really means it. And she tells him that it's not true, and she means that that not just saying it to be nice or make him feel better. She knows Nesta doesn't hate him. The two of them ponder over why relationships have always been so hard with Nesta. Feyre talks about their time impoverished, how it caused a strain between them. Feyre admits she's not sure what to do either. They both sit and think, but don't come up with any good ideas. He rolled his shoulders. Well, she said she's not training in that miserable village, so I guess we're at an impasse. Feyre sighed again. Seems like it. But Cassian paused, blinked once, and peered down at the training ring before him. Suddenly it hits him. In this scene, I really like that Cass worked it out for himself. I know, because he was listening! Yeah, that Feyre didn't have to feed him... The suggestion that just her presence and companionship may have helped puzzle it out, but ultimately he figures it out, which I thought was really, I liked that a lot. He doesn't tell Feyre what he's figured out, but his mood is suddenly lifted. He tries to kiss her cheek and realizes, right, the shield's there. Oh, yeah. They grin at each other, and there's this lovely moment as Cass watches her, and he's taken back to that first meeting with her all those months ago when she was frail and weak, and now look at her. I think at that moment he's thinking, well, if Feyre can get better, so can Nesta. But also, I know that it's, like, very friendly and I don't see it as anything else. But, like, the fact that, like, he tried to kiss her cheek I think is a very intimate thing to do. Like, I also, like, I don't kiss anyone on the cheek Mm -mm. unless I'm stupping them. Like, I don't—my lips come nowhere near thine face. Yeah, I never did that. Like, because some people—I had a best friend in high school who would kiss her mom on the mouth. Uh, it's just so I didn't hug any of my family like my family didn't hug they never said I love you any of that shit no even when I brought up groin on groin touchage like I was immediately thinking that like almost all of the hugs I give I give butt out like I'm 14 you give a dugger side hug yes I give not a side hug but I'll give a front hug breasts can touch pussy can't touch and that's how you got to delineate between the two, unless like someone's really upset, then you give them the full body hug. Right. If you're, if it's like a very hard thing, somebody's yeah, going then, you give them then you're like not thinking hug. about your genitals. No, you're saying like here's comfort. But for the most part, as some like growing up in a house where we didn't really touch either, it's definitely the butt out hugging like this. Oh, your he- your famous head hugs. Yeah, head hugs. Yeah. Well, I was gonna put my arms around you, and if you're watching the video, I would have just grabbed your breasts. So then I went up, but that was your face, and then I just touched the top of Much her head instead. <laughs> you could like watch my brain go like how hug how you hug (laughs) we never learned we don't know how to do it it's not our fault so he's watching in wonder as Farah you know is now this big strong high lady and he decides he's going to give Nesta one last try chapter 12 and it's the next morning we're with Nesta and she's confused as to why she's standing atop the house of wind instead of being dragged to Windhaven today No, today they seem to be looking at the private training ring here. Mm. She asks 
Why? And Cassian is smooth. Uh, Moore's not here right now. And uh, Reese and Feyre are busy. They, they, they're buying a, a bulldozer. Yeah, he's not. They have to go out of town to buy. They're getting. They're buying toilet paper. They're out of toilet paper. Literally no one. There's literally no one who can take us to to Winhaven. Shucks. So we cut to Cassian's POV, and he confirms in his thoughts that he's giving this the old college try, but by giving her an opportunity to train alone. He realizes what he already knew in the back of his mind, mm-hmm. that she was brave in many, many ways, but she couldn't stand to be vulnerable, especially in front of a bunch of males she already couldn't stand. To look like a fool in front of them would be a fate worse than death. Yeah, just like you, Cass. Yeah. And so... Here goes nothing. He wonders what he'll do if this doesn't work. And though she's not immediately like, okay, she doesn't immediately shoot him down when he says we're going to be training here today. So he takes that as his chance. It's like trying to wrangle a man, mangy dog. Marmont. What? A marmont? A marmont. Oh, you know them with their fangs? Mm, probably. And their tails? <laughs> I assume. <laughs> I don't know if marmots actually. I a don't real know. Thing. I don't know what they have. Wait. Now you're gonna look at marmot. Is that a word? Is that actual That's name? That's a real thing. Yeah, oh, marmots are real. Yeah. That's not a okay. Wait. Marmot. 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 Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah there, there it go. is. Oh, it's a ground squirrel. It's cute. Oh my god, it's cute. It's got a little fat belly. Yeah. It's a big fat squirrel. Oh my god, we need marmots. Aww. Well, I would wrangle one of those. Yeah. Even if it was mangy, I'd put a little hat on him. Oh, oh look how cute that would be with a oh little my hat God, on. He's got a little fat belly. If you literally just Google marmot, it is the wiki photo of a marmot. It looks like my dog Carmelita. <laughs> my because, dog and she's like not chubby. She's just got thick bones. She is thick. She has a cow's body. <laughs> She has a she has a cow's body. Yeah, because she has a big round torso and skinny little legs that are she's probably going to cause her legs. problems when she's older. She's but it's really cute. Legs. It's really cute, floppy. Um, where did she I loves to get her belly scratched? She, she loves it so much. It's so cute. Oh my god. Um, oh okay, yeah, marmot wrangling. Uh, so he offers her in this moment. To make a bargain with her. A marmot bargain. A marmot bargain. (laughs) One hour of training for whatever she wants from Mm. him. She's wary. And she tells him, rightfully, that's a fool's bargain. He tries to make a joke of it and say, anything but uh, telling me to kill myself. (laughs) But she looks a bit distraught. Like, he might actually think that about her. And I mean, he wouldn't be crazy to worry about that because she's been so miserable Something like shame crosses her face. She surveyed him again, and Cassian willed himself to stand still, to appear open and non-threatening, and not like his very heart was in his bloody, outstretched hands. <laughs> Reach out your hand, Cass! He waits with bated breath to see if she'll take this bargain that he is putting on himself as, like, could be a pretty big risk for him. Yeah, dude. She said at last. Fine. Let's just say it will be a favor of whatever size I wish. He says yes without hesitation. Oh, my God. Which, thank g- thank you. Please, just train with him. He's just trying to help you. And also she should re- realize in that moment that he does trust her because 
they didn't put any stipulations on that bargain except for her saying don't go to go kill yourself as the bargain. You're right. So he's saying in that moment, I trust you. And so he did it. She said it. She agreed. Oh, I didn't even saw that. I didn't even saw that you had that quote there because that quote there that I was talking about is Natalie pulled the quote. He extended his hand one last time. Oh, he keeps extending his hand. They may for each other. And this time she reaches back. Oh. Now, fairy bargains are just a little bit different, if you'll recall. They're just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. When they shake on it, magic flows through the bargainers. Bargain, bargain. Yeah. Bargainators. Hey, the one bargain, one bargain, you bargain, right? Like an auctioneer, yeah. but a bargainer. Yeah. And when that happens, they receive a tattoo. I can't remember if that's an Illyrian thing or all fae get tattoos with their bargains. But this bargain... Cass notices when they make that that shake, the magic is abnormally powerful, oh. as though a, her well of it is extraordinary. Oh. Now, in sweet himbo perfection, Cassian looks for the tattoo all over him. He can't find it, so he just rips his shirt off. Rips and he's like, where is it? Off. Where is it? He, he finds it, but is unaware, it seems, of the view it's putting on, dis- he puts on display in this moment. But Nesta sure is aware. I just imagine him like, I wonder where it is. As he pulls off all the buttons on his shirt. See, like, I, I saw it this other way where he's like, where? I don't know where it is. And then he just like takes his clothes off. He's just like, like trying to find naked. it with not out even, without even thinking he's being erotic. He's just like, I don't know what tattoo it. Yeah, but then that's even hotter because he doesn't even see it as hot. Oh, yeah. No, I think it makes sexy. it even hotter. He turns after he's looking in the mirror to find the tattoo on his back. He turns and finds Nesta gaping at his bare chest. <sighs> he didn't dare move. Not as her gaze fixed on the V of muscles that sloped beneath the waist of his pants. Not as her eyes darkened. Her lashes bobbing as color crept over her pale skin. His eyes are up here, Nesta. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, he's actually totally cool with her eyes being at his deep V. Oh, he's totally fine with it. Oh, yeah. Look at the chasm, Nesta. His heart begins racing and he doesn't speak as she traces her eyes over his body. He might have flexed slightly. His voice thick, he managed to say, Ready. <laughs> that would be can you imagine that would be my exact laughter if, if <laughs> I was in that situation I would just like because <laughs> that's how I deal with like actual real life horniness like I just like a 16 year old like a child yes yeah. like oh. <laughs> um, because it's a double entendre oh yeah 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 already he tries not to think about the match bargain tattoo on her back currently because he, then he's thinking about her bare skin. Yeah, dude. An eight-pointed star down both of their spines. Maybe that's the Akatar tattoo I need to get. I mean, that's a fun one. That's a fun, like, one that doesn't seem like an Akatar tattoo right off the gate. Yeah, and then for people who know, they'll be like, oh my god! Yeah, and I'll be like, I'm just like Casanesta. Um, And so... I don't know if I told you, I'm going through a midlife crisis where I'm getting a bunch of tattoos. Uh, No, but I... You're gathering this. I just assumed you, I mean, you always go in tattoos and stuff. No? Yeah, yeah, but now I'm getting more. Now now it's midlife crisis driven. Hey. I finally hit the, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm going to put whatever the hell I want. Next up, turkey with a hat on. 
That's adorable. Turkey with a hat on. Get a marmot with a hat on. Oh my god, a marmot with a big belly. And then every time I go, yeah, you think he's pudgy, but he's just big bone. <laughs> um, <laughs> get the Wikipedia photo. The Wikipedia the photo. I want a photorealistic marmot. In fact, I'm going to get it tattooed across my stomach. Oh, and just big. I'll say, my English belly's marmot. his belly. His belly's my belly. You know they're gonna turn it into Pringles. Remember that song? What was that? I think it's J Lo. Your love is my love, and my love is your love. I don't know who that is, actually. It might not be J Lo. God, but she looks great in that new lingerie line. She always looks great. Man, did you see her new lingerie line? No, but I'll check it out. Bobble, Bobble, I'm in trouble. She's never not looked hot. Nah, dude. Um, never drinks no sugar. Never eats carbs. Ain't worth it. Works out every day. No caffeine. Nothing. No, I'm good. Not worth it. I'm fine looking I'm the good. way I look. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with this. Not doing it. Um, Just put a wig on. That's what I say. I'm like, ah, put a wig on it. Oh, that's your, yeah, that's your all health advice? Put a wig on. <laughs> Have a coffee. Put a wig on. I, uh, I, I Way ahead of you. Way ahead of you. <laughs> um, so we cut to Nesta's POV, and we do indeed learn from her firsthand that she is more comfortable here in this ring. Maybe she doesn't even fully understand how much she needed the privacy because she definitely needed it. Maybe it was like subconscious she didn't realize it. She curses herself slightly for going into a bargain. But girl, we know you were excited. You're now bonded to him. Shut up. She's like, oh, no, I have to like, oh, now I'm connected to Cassie and, now, and I hate uh, it. Especially just like owing him a favor. Or like, no, he like, owes her. He a owes, favor. Yeah, he owes her a favor, which is just like, okay, so you don't even have a bargain. It's just a favor. We don't know how big it's going to be. I hope it's not a naughty favor. Yeah, but it's a big, throbbing favor. That would be weird if I you know. called in a favor and you're like, you have to, you have fuck to have sex me. with me. Yeah, I think that that might, I, I think that'd be going against the consent lines a little bit. I, a little bit. I, I mean, but maybe not in between the two of them. I guess we're going to have to find out. I, I mean, you. It would just have to be in a sexual tension level of a relationship of this. Yeah, where you're about to explode. Where you like, you literally look at him, and it's like the train whistle, like. like but then, in that case, then you're wasting the bargain because he would have just fucked you anyway. You're right. He would have just like, like make me cookies, yeah. and then you could have hot, warm cookies after you bang. Whoa! Now that's a favor. Now that is a bargain favor. We'll have to find out if that's what happens. Okay. Is it um, cookies? Is it cookies? So she reflects on the view she just received. Uh, a, you know, the view of uh, his belly. Oh yeah, and the V. And he j- and notes the, that his body is um, perfection, even with all the scars. Of course, the scars just make it hotter. She ponders on what could have left scars that bad on a fae body like that when his guts had been falling out during the battle with Highburn, and it didn't even leave a mark afterwards. Only rippling muscle and skin remained. Honestly, there were so many muscles she couldn't count them all. Muscles on his damned ribs. She didn't know people could have them there. And those ones that flowed into his pants, like a golden arrow, pointing to exactly what she wanted. All right, all right, all right. Hey, <laughs> we're in the ring here, Nessa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we to gotta fight. We got to grapple. I forgot. We've got grappling to do. In fact, a friend of ours, Manny, is a big into jujitsu. And mm-hmm. the other night um, was really selling Jeff on the idea that Jeff should get into jujitsu. 
jujitsu. And I was like, well, Jeff, you've got a bad back. Like, explain to me. I was like, what is jujitsu? And then Jeff started explaining it to me about how it's like, it's like a like a grappling of sorts. And like he started explaining to me jujitsu. And I was like, Whew, you better stop explaining to me jujitsu because I'm going to have to come watch you jujitsu, I guess. <laughs> you going to be grappling on so other men? you're not going to take the class, but you're going to stare in the window. I'm going to watch him. I'm going to watch him jujitsu, and I'm going to go, yeah, and get him down, go, baby. Jess has to go, uh, that's, I'm sorry, I guess it's my wife in the window. <laughs> my going, wife well. just like growling in the corner. <laughs> oh, yeah, look at him grapple. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very um, into my husband. I don't know if you guys can. Well, I think that's this. nice. Yeah, thank you. She shakes. She has, to, and she has to shake this off here. So she's thinking time. about the golden arrow, just like Cassian, who's very appropriate in the ring when they're training. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, all right, okay. And I really got to give a shout out to SJM here for giving the feet people what they crave in this next scene. Oh, dude. Old Quentin T would burst out of his pants in the next chapter. Because it's time for toe training. Yeah, I'm not no king shame. Just no. I'm not. I'm not a toe gal. No, but I. It, I but could, I'm glad if someone has toes. I don't. I think say she, God bless it. I don't think she put it in there for toe fetishes. No, but, but it just helped. I do feel like this would have struck a chord with those people. You know what I mean? A lot yeah. of talk about toes wiggling around, him touching her toes oh, and yeah. stuff. Which is, you know, toe training, feet training, ankles and stuff. It's true. In ballet, feet and ankles are extremely important and are the focus of most of the warm-up. But Nesta thought she'd be learning ninja skills, bow hunting skills, etc. this first day. No, no, no. Slow down, buttercup. Not just yet. You got to start slow. An hour later, Nesta is a sweaty, wobbly mess. Because guess what? Feet training's still really hard. Yeah, dude. She describes what we would call a workout class or a boot camp kind of training. Squats, kicks, etc. She feels like she's failed. Of course, Cassian doesn't see it that way. He's but just happy she's training. And also, he doesn't think she did. He thinks she did good, but he's not going to coddle her. She finds him to give straight across firm but not cruel instruction. And so, you know, that's another thing that maybe she won't fully admit just yet. But he is very fair and, and like a, a um, an appropriate kind of teacher. But he could be inappropriate. Um, not in the ring. No, not in the ring. There's no place for it in the ring. No. He will give her corrections, but then tells her when she's done something well. And then their hour's up. She wants to know if they're done. And he says, you know, the hour's up, but I'll take another bargain if you stay for the second oh, hour. Well. She says she doesn't think she can do another hour of that kind of training. He says, hey. Well, we could do an hour of stretching and breathing. Mm. Nesta's curious what the hell that means. And so he leads her through another big part of dance, actually. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, any movement, really. But using your breathing to your advantage in movement. So especially in, like, modern and contemporary dance, breathing is a big part of warm-ups as well. Like, there's actual full modern dance creators like Martha Graham who began utilizing their the breaths as part of the actual movements themselves which is also a big part of theater training as well as mm-hmm. learning yeah. um, breath control and like man when how, you expel like, your breath oh, and- when you're doing the monologue and they're like breathe from here like i had one of those like kind of moments where he's like holding on he's like breathe from here and i started doing the monologue and then i burst into tears as i'm doing the monologue because it just like unlocked something within me you're like that man. that nun from sister act where she's like ah, i'm ah, just like her yes he taught me how, he taught me how. That was from the second one, though. Yeah, that's not from the first Sister one. Sister Act 2, and arguably, Lauren Hill, the better of the Sister Acts. Throwing it out there. 
That's my hot take. Better the sister acts. Uh-huh. Hot take. They're coming. They're making a third one. Whoopi Goldberg has the Pope's blessing. <laughs> yeah, I rolled my eyes until they fell out of my head. I was wondering where your eyeballs were. Yeah. Ah, they're in my hands. Ah! Oh, like that guy from the movie. Like that guy from the movie. Um, so Cass is basically explaining those those trainings that if you release the air from your lungs in a burst while you punch or push a weapon forward or something like that, it gives you more power. And before she realizes it, they're back into their training. Even though that first hour is up, she's really into it. He takes her through a series of simple movements but focuses on the breathing. The Damn. second hour flies by. And then she collapses to the ring floor, exhausted but exhilarated, maybe? She's not angry at the very least. She lays on her back and watches the clouds drift past. I bet the view up there is amazing on this pretend mountain. I bet it doesn't it's exist. cold, too. Well, if, but it's nice if you're training. Yes. You know? Nesta realizes that her mind... It's probably also way less cold than Windhaven. You know what I mean? Truths. Um, Nesta realizes that her mind has become clearer than any time she can remember in the recent past. Suddenly, without realizing the question would come out of her, she asks Cassian if he enjoys flying. When he says he loves it, we realize that Nesta's thinking about Emery in this moment and her clipped wings. <gasps> Do you feel seen? I feel seen and Do heard and seen? felt. Clip, 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 oh my clip, God! Clip. Sorry, private. I clipped it again. Sorry, I didn't. My mean wings it. are private. Oops. That is not the face of a sorry face. <laughs> Oops. Ew. Oops. Yeah, I'm really upset. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Trader. 
she asks him about her uh, Emery. Why why do Illyrians do that to their females? Control, Cassian says. It's clear he's not happy about it. In fact, he and Reese had banned it during the reign of Amarantha, but some began the ritual again during oh. that time. She can see he feels guilt and anger about this, that he lost control of a lot during those 50 years, like everyone did. It was chaos. Yeah. Something runs through her, like, compassion? Mm-hmm. And she turns away from the subject to not hurt him any further. She splays out on the mat and asks for a cool down. She also admits something to him. That the training calms down the voices. And girl, that is too real. When you have really high anxiety, some of us really benefit from having to focus on being in the moment with physical contact, physical, physical movement. Yeah, because then you can't obsess over whatever it is that you're thinking about or whatever the voices are telling you. Yeah, you have to be in that moment. And uh, I remember when I was at my worst in my early 20s, ballet class was the one of the only things that would give me a reprieve from racing thoughts. Therapy and medication probably would have helped. Yeah, but you know, when you're that young, I mean, we didn't know. I didn't know shit. We didn't know. We cut to Cassian in the same moment, and he's experiencing pride and maybe a little relief as he's watching Nesta after her two hours. He thinks she did really well for her first listen. He goes over to the water carafe, and he starts to sip water as he watches her. Nesta remained prone, limbs loose, eyes closed the sunlight making her hair, her sweaty skin, shine. He couldn't stop the image from rising, of her lying in his bed like this, sated, her body limp with pleasure. Keep it out of the (laughs) ring, Cassian! Keep it out of the ring! (laughs) I just envision him just like in the corner like... (laughs) Just trying not to stare. <laughs> Meanwhile, she was doing the same thing before with him and his V, where she's just like, I'm not staring at you. Got Both of you keep it out of the yes. ring, you horny little birds. Yes, or get to pecking. Or gets to pecking. <laughs> he shakes it off, and he notices something else. There is color in her cheeks. She almost looks satisfied with herself. He feels a spike of joy that she said that the breathing had helped her. They exchange what could be almost a repartee, and Cassian grins. Nesta doesn't smile back, but there's humor in her voice for the first time in a long while. As she's leaving, Cassian blurts out that he didn't mean that everyone hated her the night before. She halted, her blue-gray eyes frosting. It's true. It's not. He dared one step closer. You're here because we don't hate you. He cleared his throat running a hand through his hair. I wanted you to know that, that we don't, that I, I don't hate you. She weighed whatever the hell lay in his stare, likely more than was wise to let her see. But she said quietly, And I have never hated you, Cassian. Whoa. Whoa, this For is Nesta, big. that's basically like saying I love you. This is big, guys. He also can, like, the times that she says his name, like, shakes him to his core. Bro. So he is just blown away as she turns and walks away after those lines. And Cassian is just like, whoa. He lets out a breath, his mind sort of blown. Nessa's back in the library at the start of Chapter 13 that same day. Good news is her appetite is back. Bad news is Cassian's claiming that the cooldown would help her soreness was fucking trash. Mm. He's lying. She, she's so sore all over and she still has to spend several hours hauling books up and down the levels. 
her post-train clarity, now that the endorphins have worn off, she busies herself by working swiftly, her aching muscles be damned. Hell yes. As she's struggling to return a book to a high shelf, she hears the bossy red-haired priestess Gwen calling out to her. Oh great, what does she want? Gwen's watching her critically, asking why she isn't using magic to help her reach the high books. Because mm. Nessa's sort of like trying to reach a top shelf and can't. Gwen's like, why aren't you just using magic? Nesta bristles and doesn't directly answer. But Gwen pushes. Don't you have powers? Mind your beeswax, says Nesta. Damn. Gwen's like, whatever. Here's some more books for you not to be able to put away properly since you won't use your magic. Nesta glares at her, but Gwen doesn't seem to notice her care. She's got other things on her mind. See, Gwen has made a little fuck up. The priestess that Gwen is working under, Nesta recalls Clotho telling her it's someone named Meryl, has demanded a tome called Lavinia's The Great War, Volume 7. And Gwyneth accidentally gave her Volume 8! Oh my god! Nail her to a cross! Nesta's less than concerned. She's like, why don't you just tell fucking the lady Meryl? Gwen's ma- but Gwen makes it clear that that's not an option with Meryl, who's not very nice. Nesta can see that Gwen is actually quite distraught over this mistake. And since Nesta isn't familiar with Meryl, who knows what kind of punishment Gwen might receive? Nesta asks her why it matters. Emotions stirred in those remarkable eyes. Because I don't like to fail. I can't. Gwen shook her head. I don't want to make any more mistakes. Nesta didn't know how to unpack that statement. So she just said, ah. She doesn't press further, but Nesta knows all too well that the females have here arrived here for many different reasons, but all share the common denominator of going through great suffering. Yeah, I feel like it's not fair to have someone that is like having to work for someone that's really mean after they are there because they were traumatized and needed a safe space. That this bitch Meryl needs to have another thing coming to her. But Meryl probably also went through something bad. It's true, but doesn't mean that you punch down. It's true. True, but maybe Clotho thinks that she Gwen can, like, learn could learn and grow. Well, Meryl, but also Gwen maybe needs to face this fear of hers. Yeah. That it's okay if somebody's mean, you can still stand up to them. I guess. And it is, it, it's, it's a difficult but very important lesson to learn how to stand up for ourselves. It's true. No matter what we've been through in the past, because then you feel like you're not worth it to stand up for yourself. But mm-hmm. you are. You are. Right? Now you know it because we just told you. That was really angry. You're welcome. Power the pussy. Whoa, power to the pussy. Um, Power to the pussy. Gwen continues that she can't bear the idea of failing the females who took her in. And Meryl would consider this a failure. That she got the wrong book. It's just the wrong book. God. I guess when all you have to do all day is Is library stuff. All she does is book. So book is all she knows. Book is all that she knows now. Nesta contemplates these priestesses and their lives down here. Gwen seems to be beside herself for noble reasons. Admirable, though Nesta was loath to admit. Have you left this mountain since you arrived? No, once we come in, we do not leave unless it's time for us to depart. Back to the world at large, though some of us remain forever. Sounds like you're a ghost. Sounds like you're avoiding. But um, she's a real person. Gwen further explains that they all have dormitories that face outside and that Reese has glamoured the windows that each of them have in their private quarters so no one can see that they can see outside. They just... 
That just gave me a thought, though, like when I was reading that, that if Reese died, all these different spells and wards and glamours would all just like poof, stop. like stop. Yeah. Like the windows would just show up. I feel like hopefully he's got like a notebook that he writes it down in of like, make sure you put this glamour on this building. I hope so. I mean, everyone's got to have a book. I've got now, I, I'm a thousand years old and I've started writing down my passwords. Oh, your metaphor inside of my years. inside of my home. Yes, ah, nice. um, I've been writing down the passwords because I'm like they've got to be somewhere in case like I'm the one that runs all the bills. What if I die and Jeff can't get into any of the you know any of the apps or any of the websites? Oh, we didn't make any kind of plan for that. Got to write it down in a notebook. Oh God, I'll get you a notebook. Oh, another thing to do in I the know, day. Man, I know. Anyways, Gwen explains that that's how the priestesses stay underground and don't go crazy. Now, Nesta's invested since she's getting info on these mysterious priestess fae for the first time. She wants to know what they do all day when they're not in the library. And what she describes is kind of like nuns, but I guess not as stuffy, kind of. We honor the mother, the cauldron, and the forces that be. They have services at dawn and dusk and on holy days. Nesta's looking like I would, which would be... Yeah. No, thank you. Gwen finds this funny and tells her it's not as bad as it sounds, that they play music and sing. It's still not really selling me, but Nesta's interest is now peaked. But again, not to bring it back to Sister Act. They seem like they had a pretty good time. Just saying. You have to be a certain kind of person. I mean, neither one of us, but I imagine that they exist out there and they're very good at it. Sure, 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 sure. Um, I mean, I don't have my wedding ring on today, so I guess I could be married to the Lord God. Maybe I am. Maybe I have to fuck for him. (laughs) Um, Fuck Um, for God. I just forgot to put my rings on. I Fuck feel naked. Lord. You know when you feel naked all day because my rings aren't on. Well, it does me paranoid. Because I, I play with it. my rings all day long well, and all just, my rings on. If I don't know exactly where they are every second, I get really stressed out. Oh, yeah. I know I would be if I didn't know exactly where they were. Yeah. Don't worry, everybody. Don't worry, everyone. It's because I was making meatballs. Okay. Um, I was. All and right. I well, didn't want to get sexy. meat stuck in the, my rings. In case you were wondering. I was. I was so... Get out the logs! Chicken logs! Chicken logs! If you recall, she's a great lover and enjoyer of music, and they don't have iPods in Prithian. And so now she's like, oh, you guys have music? Yeah. Interesting. Gwen then reveals that she was actually a priestess before she arrived in Valaris, and her homeland of Sangreva. I guess a lot of them were priestesses before it. Yeah, but right? I, don't think you, I don't think you had to be, though. Okay, all right. Um... You just got to have been traumatized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in some fashion. And I guess a lot of the priestesses were. Yeah. Nesta thinks that that name sounds familiar, but I don't know if that's something we're supposed to have heard before or if it's referencing something in her childhood. I'm, but she thinks she recognizes the name Sangrava. Whatever the case, Nesta notices Gwen's face go pale at the mention of her own past. It seems to send Gwen on her way as though she can't bear the thought of being asked anything about it. She thanks Nesta for putting the book away that she'd brought and disappears back into the shadowy aisle. Nesta watches her leave and contemplates these priestesses. How she felt something like, again, wait, what? Compassion twice in one day? Her heart grew three sizes that day. At least one size. For their struggles, their fears, and that some may never leave the mountain again, as Gwen had just told her. That some leave and some don't. But they didn't go in and out. They had to sort of either stay or leave. 
That what is this, valet? Come on, I'll pay extra. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the braces need is a lounge comedian. Valet. Oh, valet, oh, yeah. but also a lounge comedian. Yes. <laughs> um, the compassion leads her to try something. Now that she knows the house responds to her, she gives it a shot. She asks if it can help her find volume seven of The Great War, the book that Gwen was supposed to get for Meryl. She didn't know how, but she sensed that there was a pause in the air as though the house was taking the information in. And then a thump sounds on her cart. Oh, wait, that's you. (laughs) That's me, Natalie. I read them. (gasps) And then a thump sounded on her cart as a gray leather-bound book with silver lettering landed atop her pile. Nesta's lips curved upward. Thank you. A soft, warm breeze brushed past her legs, like a cat wending between them in warm greeting and farewell. I will say, I remember specifically reading this part because it was like, is it really cat wending between legs and not a cat winding between legs? And I specifically looked it up and I've been saying it wrong my entire life. Not that I bring it up a lot. You're I don't talk, always cats, talking about cats, cats winding, cats winding between your legs. But I thought that that was the phrase. It's winding. It's winding. Oh, windy. See, we're all learning things, guys. I guess I've never said that. I probably never needed to use the term winding, but I, yeah, we don't have cat lives. Nope, no cat lives. Just one human life. <laughs> one boring ass <laughs> human life. Um. No, our lives are very exciting. They're very nice. They're very great. I shouldn't be saying that. So Nesta quickly finds out which office is Meryl's and rushes up to it. She makes her way to Meryl's office and once given permission by Meryl to enter, she sees a sparsely decorated office aside from the bookshelves where a stunning hooded priestess sits, Meryl. Mm. Nesta describes her as having white hair and light brown skin with, quote, eyes the color of a twilight sky. Sick. And putting even more into shame with her beauty. It's clear from Nesta's view that the priestess is no nonsense and barely looks up from the copious notes she's writing when Nesta enters the room. She's just taking notes all day towards a project that's never finished. I don't think that I could handle that. I think this, like, the description of this sounds like my hell. Of just, like, reading and taking notes and sitting in silence and never being allowed to go outside. You'll never be a mountain priestess with that attitude. Come on, guys. Let me inside that mountain. Come on. I'll, I'll like, pop. I'm going to be the whoopee. You get me in that mountain. Oh, you'll be the whoopee. Yeah, man. Hiding. Yeah. Um, yeah, but also, like, bringing life back in. Oh, yeah, totally. Thank you. Um... Mm-mm. I'm the whoopee now, dog. I'm the whoopee now. <laughs> Start saying to myself that in the mirror. When you're kissing yourself? I'm the whoopee now, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Nessa just kind of plays dumb in this in this interaction. She basically tells Meryl she's here to drop off books or something. I don't know. And Meryl is like not having it. She's this is a very pissy priestess. She didn't request books and she's asking where Gwen is. And Nessa just keeps more and more infuriating this priestess. Me not no Gwen. <laughs> Me give book. Book. This hot meanie continues to badger and press Nesta. And Nesta knows she has to keep Meryl distracted long enough to swap the volumes. But also she's just fucking with her because she's mean to Gwen, I think. I don't know. Some priestess gave me this to you. <laughs> and then 
she like makes fun of their clothes, does all this. Disgusted Meryl dismisses her by saying like, "Ugh, get out of here. Get out away from me. I don't want to talk to you, dumb fool anymore. Nessa's just riling her up now and calls her Roslyn, which just fucking enrages Meryl because I guess Roslyn's some fucking basic ass b- bitch priestess. is like, sorry, I don't know. No, she ain't sorry. As M- Meryl begins muttering to herself now in a tizzy, Nesta sees her opportunity to do the swap. Stealthy like a cat. She does the switch. Meryl doesn't notice, but instead says, what are you lingering for? Get out. <laughs> Nesta continues her being dumb act, going, okay, thank you, and bows low as she slowly backs out of the room. And only when she stood in the silent hall did she allow herself to smile. It's quite a day for Nesta. She is, this is like, man, think of how well she's going to sleep. Because, like, this is a lot of putting yourself out there. Again, you know, you have to do new things and and have new experiences as we get older to make time seem less slow. And I'm proud of Nesta because I bet this day seemed like seven years long. Yeah, and she trained for the first time. Yeah, and she's talking to people. She has a civil conversation. She helps She did a good deed. This is, it's like, I don't even know this bitch right Who now. Who is this fucking girl? I don't girl? know, man. I guess it's the wet. She's all slicked up with kindness now. Oh, she's wet with kindness. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. Nesta finds Gwen, as she approaches her, hears her singing in a language unfamiliar to her. But she feels a sort of a heartstring tug at her bright and earnest voice. In fact, Nesta notices that her hair and skin also seem brighter when she's singing. Whether that's through magic or she just looks radiant, I don't know. Mm. But she stops as Nesta's voice is heard, and Gwen is shocked to see Nesta holding out volume eight. Bum, bum, bum. She informs Gwen with a grin that she swapped the books for her. And Gwen looks taken aback, but is extremely grateful. As they converse, Nesta asks her what Meryl is researching, and Gwen informs her she's brilliant and is trying to find proof of evidence of parallel universes. I mean, that sounds pretty badass. When I say that it's my hell, it's not because I'm trying to find evidence of parallel universes, because that's pretty badass. And I'm not allowed to talk about the other series, but I find it interesting. We're not allowed to talk about it. She says that some... They tell you I finally finished Crescent City 2? No. And now I'm so... I'm like bulged up for the third Soon, one. couple months. couple months, guys. Come in. She tells Nesta that philosophers believe there could be um, anywhere from 11 to 26 different worlds on top of each other. Whoa. The last one being time itself. Yeah, where's Spider-Pig? Right, guys? Remember Spider-Pig? Right, guys? Spider-Pig? <laughs> I know the MCU. I've seen a couple of the movies. I thought that was from the Simpsons movie. It is, isn't it? Spider oh, pig. But there's also oh, a spider pig in, uh, I was going to say across the universe. That's the Beatles movie. The sim- Into the Inferverse. Into Inferno. Infernoverse. <laughs> Why did I start talking about it? I don't know anything about it. Let's not. <laughs> Although I'm going to be bringing up Marvel in a second. Oh my gosh! Connection! So. Should we start doing this kind of move, like a scissor move? Connection! We made a connection! I don't know if I like that. <laughs> just disgusted me. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. I'm sorry I scissor-handed you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Gwen, Gwen then says, she doesn't really get it, though. It, she was trying to, like, look over some of the research that Meryl was doing, and it just, like, 
broke her brain because it's a lot of formulas. But it's a cool thing to study. Nesta laughs and asks if that's what she's researching now. But actually, Gwen says, no, Meryl's writing the history of a clan of female warriors known as the Valkyrie. As you probably know, the Valkyrie is a Norse myth from Earthside. In Old Norse, it's loosely translated to the chooser of the slain. As you know. Sure. (laughs) Well... While Valkyries are often portrayed as sexy warrior women in modern adaptions, they were actually just guides originally for the fallen warriors to get to Valhalla. So that's why they were called the choosers of the slain. So they would basically pick up the dudes and take them, which is to say, yes, even in old Norse mythology, women were still subjected to being sexy flight attendants in the afterlife. But baby, I bet they look great. But yes, mostly they've been repurposed as fighters themselves, thanks to entities like Marvel Comics. Marvel Comics! Who introduced Valkyrie the superhero in 1970. And then there's the opera Die Valkyrie, which contains the character Brunhilde, which is famously parodied by Bugs Bunny. (laughs) The opera also contains Richard Wagner's The Flight of the Valkyrie, which you probably know from one million shows and movies, including that Looney Tunes. Kill the Wabbit! Kill kill the Wabbit! We recently went to go watch Looney Tunes. They were playing Looney Tunes at the Academy Museum. And just sitting and watching Looney Tunes and realizing how many references I make to Looney Tunes that I don't even realize are because we watched so many Looney Tunes when we were kids that they're like emblazoned in my brain. And then I'm like, oh, crap, I didn't even realize it's from Looney Tunes. I mean, it's probably not from Looney Tunes. It's probably... Copping off of other things like Looney Tunes was apt to do, but we know it from Looney Tunes. Well, I mean, even just in writing a script, I didn't remember that I remembered that Bugs Bunny Elmer Fudd opera. They they basically parodied Die Valkyrie uh, as a cartoon, and that's where that comes from. But Bugs Bunny's dressed up like the Valkyrie with the like looking like a sexy warrior. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So, um, here in Prithian, they've also They're also considered a warrior race. Gwen explains uh, that they're a clan of female warriors from another territory. Sick. And they were even cooler and stronger and better than the Illyrians. Yeah, you hear that, Illyrians? Come cut this wing. And by that, I mean, I'm flipping you off. Cut this wing. (laughs) Why don't you cut this wing? And then it's your finger. Yeah, and then it's it's Mm. the flip off. And that's, that's how creative I am. I think you are. Thank you. They, so And also the Valkyrie were not actually a race. They were a collection of different females that were recruited basically from birth based on like they must they must have been like they're some kind of... They had the eyes for something. it. They yeah. must know when they're babies somehow that they go and train to become these warriors. Um, so it was all different kinds of fae. And they had three stages of I training. I can't wait till I have a kid because I'm going to look inside and be like, this bitch is a warrior. I'm going to send it immediately to some sort of, um, you know, war camp. I don't, I don't. Mm. Maybe, maybe she's got the eyes for it. We don't know what's going to pop out. That's actually another sad, gross connection to ballet here is that that actually does happen in, in places like, I don't know if it still does, but back in even just the 80s and 90s, back in like in Russia and Ukraine and a lot of uh, countries like that, they will take children around the age of seven and if they have like the things that will make you the best dancer, they're like taken away to a school. 
Yikes. It's, I'm just glad I've been fat forever. They never would have looked at me and be like, that one's a warrior. That one's a dancer. And they're like, you know what? Leave that little fat one alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's why probably... mom used to tell me I wasn't going to get kidnapped. She said it was I, they wouldn't be able to pick me up. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it made me feel better. Good. I had a lot of kidnapping anxieties as a oh, child. So I, I think she would say whatever it would just, just so that I would not be she worried about kidnapping. Um, well, in this circumstance, the, I think the Valkyrie were excited babies to be warriors. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's my guess. Yeah. They're like, yay. Um so it's probably a good thing. It's probably like a respected position. Right. Not, yeah. So they, the Valkyrie used to have, when, but when they were still around, they had three stages of training, novice, blade, and finally Valkyrie, to become one of the highest honors in their land. So it was this grand honor. But where the Valkyrie used to train, it, that territory was like taken over. It was taken by other Faye because most of them died in that great war 500 years ago, the one the Bat Boys fought in. Ah. Gwen claims the survivors let themselves die out from shame so they, they didn't reproduce out of perceived failure in the war. Before that 500 years ago war, they had existed for centuries and centuries. Now, it's like one little war, you're going to let it, the whole thing die out? Well, I guess I imagine they usually triumphed in wars, and in this war they were almost all killed, and so mm. it was a great shame to them. Now Merrill's That means keep fighting! No. Sometimes you go to sleep. This is why I'm not a warrior. <laughs> now Merrill's working on documenting every bit of information the Fae have on the Valkyrie because much of it was kept on through oral traditions, much like folk tales. But there are some instances of scrolls containing their techniques, so now Merrill's collecting all of it. Gwen realizes suddenly as they're having this conversation that she's late to attend to Merrill and thanks Nesta again with gratitude in her eyes. It's too much for Nesta, who's like, God, it's nothing, whatever. Yeah, you're just like a little bit. Whatever, it's fine. It's just, I don't care. Didn't mean it. Whatever. Stop looking at me with thanks. <laughs> then Gwen is gone. We cut to later that evening. Nesta is back at her room feeling something like fulfillment. She had a full day. This is Nesta's day out. It really is. Accomplished things. She was almost kind several times. It seems to give her a sense of what's that happiness? Well, what, what, what a smiley, smiley. Maybe not quite there, but yeah. her mouth is starting to creak. Yes. The house rewards her for her deeds that day. She gets back to her room, and a hot meal is already waiting for her on the desk. She devours it, and then finds that the house is, has already run a nice warm bath for her. She groans with the effort, but then gets into the tub, and her muscles relax in the hot water. Ah, but it feels so good. Yeah, she she takes that bath, and she gets out, and is too tired to even put on bed clothes. Flops into bed naked, oh. and is out like a fey light. <sighs> she doesn't jolt awake. Doesn't even run for the stairs. Nesta slept and slept and slept, though she could have sworn that her door opened at one point. Could have sworn a familiar, beckoning scent filled her room. She reached toward it with a sleep-heavy hand, but it was already gone. Oh, She can only reach out in her sleep. She's too Because now she's, she's reaching back. Oh, my God. she's reaching. Back. Man, thick girl today. Thick girl? Yeah, we had a thick girl episode today. Oh yeah. I mean, mostly because we were jo- we were just talking. We didn't even cover no. that much of the book. Wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Me? Yeah, it was old. It was a long. It was a long chunks. No, but they, but these are now. It's getting to finally like Nessa starting to shed this like icy cold exterior. exterior. And like this is what I've been so excited about this entire series is to get to this point. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited for our yes, future. Yes, it's going to be we're almost we may next uh, I can't make promises but next episode we may get to spicy. Don't. 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 I'm ready. Please read up until chapter 19. Hey, babies! For more fairy talk and hot touch, join us every week here on LPN Deep Dive's Akatar, available wherever you get your podcasts. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.